Scripture for today is James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people do not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace? Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. The word of the Lord. Well, welcome. Good to have you here on this frigid morning. Uh, Today is a special Sunday. Typically, we wait for the fifth Sunday of a month to do this, but today, even though it's only the fourth Sunday of January, we decided to make it a family Sunday. So you may have noticed there's some little ones here in the service with us this morning. The reason we did this is that we're having a members meeting, as was mentioned right after our service, where we'll be discussing a lot of things that are difficult for little minds to grasp. Uh, And so we thought it would be good to deliver a sermon especially for those little minds. And so if you are under the age of 10 and sitting anywhere in this room right now, Can I ask you to come down into these front two rows? And I'm going to ask those of you who are 10 and above sitting in this first row, which I love that you're sitting here, to move to the third row right behind so that the young ones have the place of honor. Uh, As they're coming, I want the rest of you to know why it is that we even do family services like this in the first place. It's not just so that our children's teachers can have a break, though they certainly deserve one, and we love it when they get a chance to rest and refresh and be ready to serve our little ones again. But actually, our reason for having family services is threefold, and it is born of a long-term desire to shape the culture and life of our church. So the first reason why we do this is because we want the little people in our gathering to know that you are vitally important members of this church family. We love that you are part of this church family. And so we want you right here in the place of honor. We want to serve you and bless you and include you in all that we're doing as a church. The second reason is that we want to prepare you all to learn and be nourished through preaching. So Jesus loved to preach. That was the primary way that he ministered the word in his public ministry. And he taught the church to preach. And so we're hoping very much that for the whole of your lives, you'll be able to receive preaching and be filled up by it. And so we want you here now practicing for what that is going to be like. And then the third reason is that we just want everyone to know 
that it is the same gospel that nourishes us all, no matter our size, no matter our station in life. One gospel, one God, faithfully serving us, nourishing us. I love that empty second row behind all of you. (laughs) This is a very prominent place of honor that you all have been placed in this morning. I think we're a little short on little people this morning, actually. The cold may have scared a few away. Perhaps we'll have a few stragglers come in later. But to start off, I have a question for all of you. I like to start with questions. If I were to lay out some items onto this podium, like a piece of wedding cake, or an entire wedding cake, I think, in fact. Red velvet, maybe. This one has eyeballs, which are the most delicious part. And also a donut covered on one corner with strawberry frosting. I also have here a piece of thick French toast. And I checked with the designer. This piece of French toast is covered in butter and syrup and powdered sugar. And then the last item that I have here is an ice cream cone, a soft serve vanilla ice cream cone, exactly what you want on a negative five degree day. (laughs) Yeah. Now, if I were to lay all those out, as I just did, and then ask you, what do you want? What would be your answer? You know what? Let's just do this. Let's just go right down the line, and each one of you can tell me what you want. And then once you tell me what you want, I will give you that after this service for you to keep. Okay? So let's go right down the line. Let's start. Come on, Oz. Hop in, bud. Let's go right down the line. Bodhi, what do you want? Cake. We have one for cake. Micah, what do you want? These. (laughs) We got one for ice cream. What do you want? Do you want one of these? Yes? Do you want one? No, not Donut. We got one for donut. What do you want? We got one for ice cream. What do you want? Ice cream. What do you want? Donut. What do you want? Cake. What do you want? Ice cream. Perfect. Now I know what each of you wants. And after service, I'm going to give what each of you want to you. Okay? So I'm going to give someone who wants ice cream the ice cream, and I'm going to give someone who wants donut the donut, and I'm going to give someone who wants cake the cake, right? And everyone's going to be happy, and it's going to work out perfectly, isn't it? You all are looking at me kind of funny. Oh, I see. We have a problem, don't we? There's not enough. There's not enough. So I promised to give you all what you want, and yet you're not all going to get something. Ah, I have an idea. How about this? How about right after the sermon, then I'll pray, and then right when I finish praying, I'll yell, go. 
and you all run forward, rush forward as fast as you can, not yet, and try to grab the one you want first. Okay, you might have to elbow each other out of the way a little bit. Do you think that would work? Would that be a good, no? You think no? Why do you think that wouldn't work? What's wrong with that idea? It's not nice. Yeah, I think that would actually be a disaster, wouldn't it? An entertaining disaster, but it would be a disaster, wouldn't it? Yeah, why wouldn't that work? Too rough, right? It would be like a crazy bull circus or something, right? Something out of Spain, running of the bulls. You would get into fights, maybe. You might even push and shove each other. Somebody might grab somebody's hair, right? You might turn on one another. Yeah, it could get pretty ugly, pretty bloody, right? How many of you know we've been studying the book of James in the Bible recently? Did you know that? You probably don't know because you've been meeting in the children's rooms, but out here in the service, we've been reading the book of James in the Bible. Okay, Listen to what James says about fighting. He says this, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Who's heard the word passions before? You've heard the word passions? Passions just means something that you really, really want. Right? I asked all of you, what do you want? And you all told me what your passion was. What it is that you really, really want. What it is that you want to come and get. Is it wrong to want one of these things? No. It's not wrong to want one of these things. These are good things to want, aren't they? But what James is saying is, when we want them too much, we start to fight with each other. We start to quarrel with each other. We start to hurt each other. We start to pull each other's hair, right? Sometimes. Did you know that adults fight too? You did? Some of you knew that? Did you know that your parents throw fits? Yeah, you guys knew that. You guys are astute. You're watching carefully. Because your parents' fits don't look like your fits all the time. Sometimes maybe they do, right? Confessor sometimes probably throws himself on the ground, pounds on the kitchen floor. But a lot of times when parents throw fits, they pretend like they're not throwing a fit, right? But they actually are throwing a fit. Because parents have passions too. And parents, adults, we want things too much sometimes too. And so we can cause a lot of hurt. We can fight with each other. When James was writing this in the Bible, he was writing it to some adults that he knew, and they were fighting over who got to be in charge in the church. That's something that parents love to fight about, something adults love to fight about, over who gets to lead, who gets to be in control, who gets to be in power. And what happens when people fight? People get hurt. There's a lot of anger. Sometimes even friendships can fall apart. Right? Friendships can be ruined sometimes when people are kind of elbowing each other out of the way. So what are we going to do? We've got a problem here, don't we? I made a promise to you that I was going to give you what you want. You all told me what you want, but there's only four of these sweet little figurines, and there's eight of you. 
just don't give you any? That'd be one idea. You've got another idea? Yeah. Oh, Solomon. <clears throat> I've, got a, I've got another idea. Maybe we can solve this with another question. I've got another question that might be able to help us in this situation, okay? Here's my question. Which ones of you does God love the most? What? None of you? He doesn't love any of you? Oh, he does. He loves you all equally. He loves you all the same. Okay. This is sort of a dead end. So in his same love for all of you, does he have the same amount of little love for you? Or does he have the same amount of big love for you? Big love for you, doesn't he? God loves children. God loves each one of you. How much does God love each one of you? He loves each one of you so much. More than what? Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure about the math on that one. But God loves each of you so much that he would do anything to love you. There is nothing that God would not do to love you. He loves you so much that he sent his own son, Jesus, into the world to care for you. That's how much God loves children. And Jesus, when he came into the world, he loved children. Jesus had a special place in his heart for children. He actually told all the adults that we need to become more like children. We need to become more like you. Because Jesus loves children. God loves children. He would give anything to show you how much he loves all of you. So what would he do then? What would God do if he was standing where I am? He loves each of you equally, and he loves you so much that he would do anything for you. Oh, he'd make more, that little rascal. If only we had the power, right? God sometimes does that, right? When there's not enough to go around. Do you say loaves and fishes? Did I hear that? Yeah. God sometimes does that, right? He just makes more. He just uses his power to make more. But you know what? He doesn't do that that often. He does that sometimes. We have some stories in the Bible where Jesus does that, where there's not enough to go around and he just makes more. But it's not usually what he does. When he does it, he seems to like to do it with bread and fish and wine. I'm not sure you're so interested in that. You'd prefer cake and donuts and ice cream and French toast, yes? So there's another way that God goes about this. There's something else that God more usually does when he finds himself in this situation where there's not enough to go around. He doesn't usually just make more. Remember before what I asked you? I asked you, what do you want? Remember that? And you all told me that you wanted one of these. And I could see that you really, really want one of these. I could see that you want them a lot. But what if there was something that you wanted even more? What if there was something that was even better than any of these things. There is. Oh, well, yeah, that would be better than a little 
plastic figurine, wouldn't it? Or a little rubber figurine. But what if there was something that you wanted more that never ran out? Something that you wanted more that there was always enough of? Something that you wanted more that never was empty? Something that lasted forever? Something that never went away? Something that was always being given? Candy. Candy. Believe it or not, young American wealthy child, candy does run out (laughs) at some places and for some children. Can you think of something like that? Something that would never run out? Something that there would always be enough of? Something that God could give each one of you in full supply? Yeah, what? Love. Pastor's kid. Yeah. (laughs) It's the love of God, right? The love of God never runs out. There's always enough. He can give full amounts of love to each one of us and fill us up with it. Here's the problem. Most of us don't even know that that's the thing we want the most. It's actually hard to remember that that's the thing that we want the most, that love is the thing that we want the most. Do you know what it feels like when you get scooped up onto the lap of your mom or your dad or your grandma or your grandpa or maybe an older brother or an older sister? You get scooped up onto their lap and they swing their arms around you and they hold you in a big giant hug and maybe give you a big wet kiss right on your nose. You know what that feels like? I don't really get that too often anymore, (laughs) but I really like that. That feels good, doesn't it? Because that's love. Did you know each one of you was made to want love more than anything else? You were actually made to want love more than anything else. That works out really well because there's more love than anything else. Did you know that? There's endless love. God has endless love for you. Did you have a thought? You thinking about something, Bodhi? No? What's that? What do you say? You knew that. Okay, good, good. (laughs) The great thing about love, you don't have to fight for it. Everything else in the world, everything that is good to want, things that we could reach for, you have to fight for these things. There's not enough of them to go around. If you want to get some money in this life, you're going to have to fight for it, right? If you want to get some stuff in this life, you're going to have to fight for it. And other people are going to try and get it too. It's kind of a race to see who can get. But love isn't like that. Love is the thing that we want the most, And it's the thing that's the most free. It's the thing that's just given to us, just overflowing to us all the time. James says this, Whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Do you know what he means by that? He means, yeah, what do you think he means? Enemy of 
Thanks. <laughs> Take it up with the media team. Anyone who wishes to be a friend of God, enemy of the world, right? These two things can't go together. What does is, what is James mean by that? He means this. He means that when we start thinking that the stuff in the world is what we want most, when we start fighting over this stuff, if I invited you all to race up here and try and grab hold of these things and elbow and shove each other out of the way, you would actually start to lose sight of God. When we chase after the things that we think we want most, we actually start to cut ourselves off from the thing that we actually want most. We start to forget that what we really want is the love of God. So we get distracted. We want these things too much. And parents do the same thing. Adults do the exact same thing. We decide, I have to have that job in order to be happy. Or I have to have that romance in order to be happy. Or I have to have those friends in order to be happy. And we close our hand around something. And we think, that's the thing I have to have. And then we fight and we scratch and we claw for it. And we start to lose sight. We start to forget that the thing that we actually want is always being given. That the love of God is always being given. It's always being poured out. So what should we do then? What should we do when we see something that we really, really want and there's not enough? Say it again. Just don't get one. Yeah, that'd be easy. I'd love to have that much self-control, right? We could share. That's a great idea. How about this? How could we remember the love of God when something that we really want comes before us? Listen listen to what James says. This is the last text. He says, Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Have you ever heard of the devil? You know who the devil is? The devil is a spirit, right? He's invisible. His name is Satan. That's right. He's the Satan. He's invisible like God. But he's different than God because God has real power and the devil has no power. Yeah, he likes to scare people. And the way he does that, the only thing he can do is to tell lies. That's the only thing he can do. So here's how you can know when the devil's telling a lie to you. If you start to think that one of these things, that something in the world is what you want the most, if you start to think that something in this world is actually what you need in order to be happy, that's a lie. That's not true. It's the love of God that we actually want most. It's the love of God that we need. And the love of God is always being given. See, these things are good. There's lots of good things in the world. It's good to want good things, right? But we don't need those things. All that we need is the love of God. Have you ever heard the story called Anne of Green Gables? You know that story? Yeah? The woman who wrote that story, she said something really smart. Listen to what she said. She said, desire grows by what it feeds on. You know what that means? That means whatever you want, if you chase after that thing, you're going to want it more. 
So if you want things in the world and you chase after to get them, if you think things in the world are what's going to make you happy and you run down and you grab them, you know that all that does? It just makes you want more things and more things and more things. You actually get lost in an endless loop chasing after things that can never fill you. But it works the same way with the love of God. That's why James says, those who draw near to God, God draws near to them. When you remember the love of God, when you want the love of God, and you chase after the love of God, you just want more and more and more. And the best thing about the love of God is it never runs out. He keeps having more. He keeps filling you more and more and more. Your desire is fed as you want him and he serves you and nourishes you and builds you up and fills you up so much with love that you actually start to overflow so that the love of God not only is being filled into you, it's spilling over you and you can start loving other people. So I got a question for you. We still have a little problem here, right? Would any of you be willing, if I gave you one of these, to give it to someone else in love? Yeah? Who wants this? Who wants it? I think a lot of people want it, right? You can be honest. Who wants it? Raise your hand if you said ice cream. I see a few hands in the back rows. (laughs) Who wants this? A few people want it. Who would be willing to give it to someone who wants? I could give it to you. And you could hold it and feel what it feels like for a minute. And then maybe you could give it to someone else, right? Who'd be willing to do that? You'd be willing to do that? Okay, here, I'm going to give it to you. Here you go. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Yeah, you. Okay, either one of you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Come and take it. Feel what it feels like. And then you can give it to any person that you love. Anyone. It's your choice. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> that's lovely. That's lovely. That solves it, doesn't it? What if we start living in love? Then there's always enough because we're being filled up by love. We're not being filled up by these things. We're being filled up by our love for one another, the love of God flowing through us for one another. It never runs out. There's always enough. The more we live in the love of God, the more we want it and the more we share it. Okay, Let's pray. God, thank you that you meet us where we are. You meet us in our shallow little wants and desires. And you fill us with love overflowing. You fill us with your love. We thank you for the blessing of these children to our church, and we ask that you would fill us with love for them, that as they grow and mature here at the Painted Door, they would never have to wonder if you are present or if your love is for them. Lord, teach us to love them. Fill us up to overflowing for their sake, that they would be raised in your love. And Lord, teach us to love one another throughout this community. Give us the love that we do not have for one another. Give us supernatural love. Make us a church that doesn't make sense. 
a church that overflows in the abundance of love, a church that lets go of the things that run out, that opens our hands on the things of which there are not enough. Lord, saturate us in your love. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.